0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to Project Relationship U. My name is Adina Barlow, and I am a life coach who teaches you how to have an amazing relationship with yourself so you can have a wonderful relationship with everybody else. Today's topic is loneliness, and how to pull yourself out of loneliness and engage with your community or cultivate friends in a way that feels good to you. Oftentimes, the biggest challenge I see with people making friends and engaging with their community regularly is is a negative narrative about themselves, a non-supportive narrative. And so it's the stories or the inner critic that is telling you Nobody loves me. I'm not good enough. I'm just not good with people. I'm too awkward. I don't have what it takes. People don't like me. All that sort of stuff. Or or even sometimes it might even go further, like I don't like people. And in reality, what's happening is you probably haven't learned the skills of socializing in ways that feel good to you and and in ways that communicate your interest in other people. And so let's start with the ways that feel good to you part. Let's say let's say if you grew up in a household where you experienced a lot of trauma or you experienced um, a lot of uncertainty, um, let's say you had an alcoholic caregiver or um, experienced a family member who is bipolar or, you know, you just didn't feel really safe around the, your close people. If that was the case, you probably you might not feel safe around people now. It might feel easier to, to just be alone. However, being lonely is painful, especially after a while. There's a study that shows that loneliness and isolation especially is as bad for your health physically as smoking 15 cigarettes per day. It is it is not good for us and and it takes away our quality of life and the number of years we live. And so it is serious enough to address and to learn new skills around, including the skill of creating a safe enough environment internally that you can go out and engage with people. Okay, so how do we do that? Create that internal sense of safety. The biggest thing is the stories you tell yourself about yourself and others. It's the interpretations you make. So let's say let's say you have the story that I'm not good with people or nobody likes me. Then when you go around people, that story creates emotions of withdrawal or disconnection. Um, well, those are actions, so emotions of um, maybe sadness or depression or anxiety. And then you you just won't engage with folks. You might stand at the back of the room and just watch people. If you're at a party, you might like go get some snacks and then just kind of sit down by yourself. Or you might try and stand in a group of people but not speak up. And, and then that creates this positive feedback loop where then you sort of prove to yourself, see, I'm not good with people. I'm way too awkward. It's, it's too hard for me to, to engage. And so so then it reinforces that story you have about yourself. Okay, the cool thing about stories is that you get to pick the stories that you choose to perpetuate, that is to um, continue in your mind. Now, you might have a momentum of a specific story or set of stories that sort of plays out in your head automatically. And in that case, it's a matter of retraining your brain. It's interrupting those stories. So when that story comes up of, I'm awkward, I'm not good with people, Then you you stop that somehow there might be like sometimes I'll snap my fingers when I when I'm engaging in a non-supportive story just to get that um, That pattern interrupt or I might tap my chest or tap my my head lightly or something some kind of pattern interrupt so you do that and then redirect your attention like no, this is just a skill I'm learning that's okay. It's okay to feel awkward right now. I'm learning. It'll get easier and better. <laughs> so, picking stories that are supportive to the action that you want to take regarding people, regarding socializing with people and making friends, that is critical step number 1. Your your self-talk must be a, must be in support of your action. Okay, the next step is taking risks. And here's where it's super important to have a sense of safety internally. If you if you criticize yourself and judge yourself harshly, whenever you try something and it doesn't work, you will not take risks because it's not safe enough to. If you reject yourself every time you make a mistake, if you're like, oh, that was stupid, how could you do that? Or like, you're never gonna amount to anything in your own self-talk, of course you're not gonna (laughs) do something new or take those risks. So instead, make sure your self-talk is supportive to, to making mistakes, really. Give yourself permission to make mistakes because here's the truth you cannot learn and grow without making mistakes there is no way if you already were perfect at the thing you wouldn't need to learn and grow at it every new skill takes practice and learning and eventually mastery and it isn't until you get the mastery part where most of the time you do it well even then you're going to screw up at some point point. and that's okay there is nothing wrong with making mistakes there's only that the non-supportive part of that is only if you beat yourself up for it <laughs> so so to take risks you must have your own back no matter what and then when you do try new things, you can simply decide what you want to try, go do it, evaluate the results, and then correct and continue. And and it's little tweaks. It's not um, you don't have to. You might you might just scrap it all and try something new, but you might just put a little small change. And so so you're approaching this with a sense of being, it's a sense of experimentation and creativity instead of perfectionism. It's not about getting it right. It's about learning what works and what doesn't work. It's an experimentation. And so bring this model of experimentation to your thinking, to the way you view your actions. There's nothing right or wrong about it, it's just, is it effective or is it ineffective? Okay. Now, the other important part of engaging with others in a way that feels good to you is you've got to learn what feels good to you. (laughs) A lot of us grew up being told what to do, being told how we should behave, what we should like and what we should believe and so there wasn't much room to discover what we like what we don't like what we what our interests are what our values are etc and so it might seem scary to then explore and experiment and decide because it is a decision decide what you like and don't like and and sometimes you'll try something and think oh that was terrible i don't like that great good that's information for you nothing wrong with it nobody nobody to blame just like okay now you know when you know what you like and don't like it's easier for you to communicate that with people and for you to then decide what kinds of activities or even conversations you will have with other people and they're going to fill it. So if you go in, if you're talking with a crowd of people or even one person and they're talking about something that you could care less about or that even like you actively dislike but you're sort of making yourself sit there and listen or have that conversation or whatever, you're gonna hate it. <laughs> and and they're actually gonna feel that um like disingenuousness, the the disconnect. And and from that you and they will mistrust the conversation, as you should. Because essentially, when you're having a conversation with somebody and you don't really want to have it, or you're not interested, but you're just pretending, it's a lie. And it does not feel good for you or them. You don't have to do that. In, you don't have to like put up with and tolerate conversations or activities just to be accepted. Because here's the thing. We all want to belong and being accepted and belonging are two different things. In Brene Brown's newest book, Atlas of the Heart, her distinction between those two, acceptance and belonging, acceptance is that you have to modify your behavior and your thoughts and who you are to fit in to a group of folks. Whereas belonging is you are accepted, you belong, for who you are, and what your beliefs are. And that one feels so much better for everybody involved. So as you know, as you learn what you like and don't like, and you're willing to um, engage with what you like and disengage with what you don't, you're going to find your people in your community that you actually belong in. And this comes to another part, which is to be interested in in things. Um, let's say, let's say you have an interest in art or you have an interest in a specific sport or an interest in nature or even something obscure like you know, cryptocurrency or something or writing. Whatever your interests are, when you are talking about that interest, with somebody who shares the interest with you. That's like magic. That's where sparks fly. That's where you're super engaged with each other. And the more you the more you speak up about your interests and find those who who are also interested in it, the more fun you're going to have in those conversations and ultimately in that relationship. However, if you have no interests <laughs> it is going to be really hard to engage with other people and create that that spark so again learning what you like and don't like is part of that developing some interests but get engaged in your world in some way and and whatever you like whatever interests you that's unique that's like your fingerprint it doesn't have to be and it can't be copying somebody else it's your unique set of interests and those can even change over time and that's fine but so get involved okay and then be consistent about taking action here's what i often see is that somebody drums up a whole lot of courage because it is a practice of courage to take risks and try new things. So they drum up a whole lot of courage to go talk to somebody or go on a date or go to a house party or an event. And then maybe it's it didn't feel great or it was scary or um, you made a quote-unquote mistake and, and then you don't go back. <laughs> or maybe it's a whole several months or a year before you try again. Well, the thing about that is you're gonna stew in those thoughts and and just come up with more and more stories and reasons why you don't have what it takes and don't really like people and are awkward and blah, blah, blah. If instead you're willing to take consistent action and consistent risks and get out there and do it again, then you can as the cliche is, fail forward, (laughs) you can figure out more quickly what works for you and what you like and what you don't like. And again, that comes back to having your own back no matter what, keeping a supportive narrative, supportive story about yourself and others. So taking those consistent actions like, okay, at least once a week, I'm gonna engage with somebody I'm going to reach out, I'm going to set up a lunch date, or um, say yes to an invitation, or uh, have a phone call, or whatever Whatever is consistent for you. I think once a week is really a minimum, um, but a, a pretty good minimum. But decide what works for you without becoming overwhelmed, and be consistent even if it's every couple of weeks that consistency over time is going to get you much further than taking a whole bunch of steps in a short amount of time um, getting frustrated (laughs) getting overwhelmed and then quitting So be consistent and remember confidence is a result of taking consistent action and getting um and like seeing things work out the way you intended, and that takes risk-taking. So, so here's the thing: if you think you have to be confident before you go out and engage with people and try new things, it's not going to happen. It's always scary to do something new. It's scary for me to do to do new things every time I I want to engage in a new skill or. Level up my game in some way or um, put myself out there in a new way. It is scary <laughs> and, and I often feel very unconfident. I might feel like a imposter or that I don't have what it takes. And, and at this point, I just know like, okay, there is that discomfort phase and the confidence comes after, only after. So the other piece is take time to yourself as you need it. If you have become overwhelmed or, you know, let's say you value your alone time, you can absolutely and should plan for your alone time. You know, plan for your nature walks or your reading time or your downtime or whatever. You don't have to be engaged with people all the time. That's not supportive for you. So figure out what you need and create boundaries around it. That includes, that can include alone time. All right, another part is getting really curious and asking clarifying questions, especially if you have communication that's sort of ambiguous. If if you're getting mixed signals from somebody and you're unsure what they want, Ask clarifying questions with curiosity and not judgment. So try and leave out judgment of yourself and the other person and just get super curious. And then the other, the last piece here, is the power of repairs. Shelby Lee is one of, is a teacher who who teaches how to create safer spaces, it's trauma-informed, and She talks about the power of repairs. So that is you make a mistake and then you repair it. And that actually gets you closer to where you want to be with that person than if you never made a mistake in the first place. So don't worry about making mistakes and and just try it. You can always repair in the end. So that's it for now. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the work that you do to support yourself and your in your own happiness. If you want more, go to adinabarlow.com. You can find my offerings there. And till next time, enjoy.